Hello, I'm horror cartoonist Dennis St. John. I draw monsters and write twisted tales. As you can imagine, I was a little obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Lucky for me, so were most of my high school friends, all except one. One friend who stubbornly refused to join the Scoobies. So here we are, 20-some-odd years later. I'm teaming up with Doc Travis, John Teach Landis, and maybe a special guest or two. And we're going to make our friend, Michael Poli, watch one episode of Buffy Week until he's no longer the Buffy Virgin. Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to Buffy Virgin. This is our very first truly international episode as our friend Lando is back and broadcasting all the way from across the pond. That's right. Uh, I'm here. You can tell my backdrop is a little different. Uh, this is my first uh, podcast from here in the UK. Uh, first of many. We're so happy to have you back. We're so happy you're there. Uh, so let's get rolling. Uh, I'm your host, Dan St. John. We're joined by pop culture, uh, modern pop culture expert, Travis. I watch modern TV. <laughs> yes, yes, that's me. Uh, and and as always, by the Virgin. Hi, uh, my name is Michael. I've only seen up to Goodbye Iowa. <laughs> I don't know what number it is anymore. All right. Uh, so uh, we'll start this week with reactions. Audience reactions. At Dingo Action on Twitter, uh, liked my uh, recommendation of Dead Like Me. Gives a two thumbs up. Um, Silver Spike over on YouTube says nobody liked In the Dark. Uh, even with that superb spike rooftop dialogue and sense and sensitivity, that's a right hoot. Uh, DB always plays goofy, uh, goofy comedy angel really, really well. Uh, season one of Angel was never my fave, really. I felt like Buffy. It got. I felt like Buffy. It got better and more complex as the seasons moved on. Um, and Sagov Nine says those summaries were great. <laughs> one sentence summaries as these were talking about the angel. Uh, yes. I feel like we should really just stick to one sentence summaries for the uh, Buffy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll try that when it's my turn to do a summary. I like that idea. Well, we have a 30 second one for this episode. So, oh, let's listen to it now. It's summary time. The summary A high school in America suddenly explodes. Was it a gas leak? Hostile forces gather at a dozen local cemeteries at the same time. Is it a coincidence? No one wants to date you, and they won't return your calls. Are these all signs of the apocalypse? Be a part of the team that's doing something about it. Join, Join the initiative. initiative. When most people look back at their life, there isn't much to say, because they didn't give it 110%. Don't you want to be a part of a team that's doing something about it? Join the initiative. Make new friends. TA an undergraduate course. Take drugs. Live life out loud. Make harmless jokes. Point guns at strangers. And start making up answers. Join an organization that's been around for at least a year. If you die tomorrow, will you have any regrets? Not if you join the initiative. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Great Lines. Great Lines. I really like from uh, Spike. Double shot of, of Oneg Barkeep. Make it the good stuff. Don't want no friggin' orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this addresses a Michael prediction or concern about how blood is obtained in the Buffyverse. I just... In what world is it cheaper to like substitute orangutan blood for human? Blood? <laughs> like, it's like just I, the psychological premise that human blood, like, there's a moral attached to it, and then you can drink anything as long as it's not human blood. Like orangutan blood is so, so close to human that you like an undiscerning vampire might not know the difference. <laughs> so I got a, I got like got a, be so much harder to like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's an endangered species almost. Like I know a vet at the at the Sunnydale Zoo. I get orangutan blood on the cheap. <laughs> Somebody Actually, likes that, that's not too far fetched because we know the vets at the Sunnydale Zoo are pretty corrupt. 
Yeah, he's like, I got these orangutans just to do this cult sacrifice that didn't work. <laughs> so you can have their carcasses, you know. I feel like it'd be easy to get wolf blood. It seems like that. <laughs> but it doesn't, you can taste the difference between wolf and human. Maybe orangutan confuses you. I think it's the difference between bacon and Canadian bacon, right? Or... <laughs> uh, so my favorite line here is uh, when Riley's like, that's hostile 17. And Spike says, uh, no, I'm just a friend of Xander's. Bugger it. I'm your guy. <laughs> yeah. No attempt to dissemble. Just like fully caught. Love it. And they use that joke again. It's the same joke. Yeah. And it was just as funny the second time. I, I you know, normally, I mean, it's not in the same episode, thankfully, but it is a straight up callback. I enjoyed uh, Spike as well in the same scene uh, when he's like heading out and he's like, by the by, if you're trying to kill her, big double <laughs> thumbs up. That's great. And that's, yeah, it's always fun to see something. I recognize that more as a gift now than like really from the show. So it's fun to see like, oh, that famous gif. <laughs> uh, I like Buffy when uh, uh, Giles and was arguing with some with Willow or with Anya, she goes, "Okay, you two, can we just not now? I don't need to relieve scenes from my parents' marriage." It's just like this wonderful, sad puppy story. Yeah, and it shuts it down too. Everybody's like, "Everyone's like, oh man, divorced parents. I can I can relate to that." It's like, isn't it that that brings up? Uh, I've never really thought about it. It's unusual that Buffy is like the only person in her crew that has divorced parents, right? That is true. Well, you need to have at least one for it to be a 90s show. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, my experience in the 90s that I was the unusual one with parents who weren't divorced. <laughs> it was like a, it's a three to four. It's a three, three to one on the podcast. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to the kill count. The kill count. I counted two dead humans this week. One non-fatal stabbing, one incident of Riley on Willow violence, and one good old-fashioned spike whomping. So that's the kill count. So you guys can be prepared when we talk about it. I don't know why we do the kill count. I just do it. Um, I like self-reflection on why. You should say <laughs> why do I do this? I don't know. I enjoy doing it. Uh, so let's move on to Weird Notices of Trivia. Weird Noticings. Mike, why don't you be good? What does Adam look like to you? <laughs> because he's like a Frankenstein. He's like a Terminator. He's like a lot of different things. He looks like someone cosplaying. He's and a jumbled I, mess. And it, he gets that moment of self-reflection where he's kind of like, what am I made of? And there's this great scan up his body. And it's like, I yeah. Um, I, I feel like it started out as a Terminator sketch. And then, like, someone's like, no, we can't, we can't literally steal the Terminator. We need to add a little, couple details to make it less like that. And then this, you know, Island of Dr. Moreau creature was created. Yeah, but, yeah he's definitely a Terminator Frankenstein. Not, not the series best monster. Yeah, which is uh, weird. Like, the, there's, like, three other monsters in this episode that look better to me. Than, <laughs> and don't get, like... Like, the ones whomping on Spike look great. And then the, the one we get, like, the most focused screen time of, like, any monster ever is, like, not the best. Yeah. And I think it's I, – I've mentioned this before when we did iRobot, you, Jane, where I'm like, the guys who are really good at, like, organic monster-looking things aren't necessarily good at, like, cybernetic-looking things. I mean, he's got a lot of chrome on him. Yeah. I think for the longest time, like cybernetic monsters or uh, or Terminator-like monsters, were like always supposed to look really um, like metallic and and robotic, like old-timey robotic. But then, and it never really looked, looked that good. But then nowadays, it feels like the idea is that like someone should be a robot but shouldn't look like a robot, or someone should be something should be robotic or artificial but look natural. And like that's the that's like the uh, the design now and it seems like real bit way better i mean it's probably why like uh the terminator i think looked really much better when it was just like arnold schwarzenegger's skin versus like the robot underneath 
Yeah, the, they, they don't have the shine now. Uh, yeah. And the, um, even in practical makeup effects, there is now more option of just putting green screen. So they mm -hmm. affect the robot part can be like subtractive instead of additive, um, which you couldn't really do back then. Yeah, now you're making me think of the the new Deadpool and how the cable, you know, monster looks, you know, with, well, I guess it's not monster, it's just character, but with the cybernetic, like, green screen bits. I guess when you go to, like, special effects class for visual, like, visual effects class, it's like, the, the one on robots is, like, that's that's one credit hour, and then the one on <laughs> monsters is, like, a hundred credit hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they definitely just put, like, a floppy disk drive right in the middle of the stress. <laughs> Oh, well, I can't wait to continuity problems and then floppy disk drive has continuity problems. <laughs> uh, so when we meet Adam, like that, like scene with him with the kid is very like an homage, I guess, to like the classic James Well Frankenstein. But like, what if Frankenstein meant to kill that little girl? <laughs> <laughs> like, is this something I feel any sympathy for then? Um, <laughs> Yeah, so no, I, it's total homage. Yeah, the, yeah. Then they totally don't they don't stick with the premise of the original concept. Uh, so I say uh, I don't think Riley has a leg to stand on on this hostile seventeen argument. Um, I mean, this is just like classic like male rage, right? Where he's like, I'm in a situation now where everybody's angry at me, but I'm going to find something I'm really angry at and like try to turn this whole conversation about that and make everybody defend themselves about that instead of like focusing on my issue about my mom trying to kill you <laughs> supernatural uh, what about ism yeah <laughs> and it's also like i mean i like riley's real this is a rough riley episode this is a very riley centric episode but it's like he should like shouldn't he have like the objective thing to be like the slayer group didn't know anything about the initiative and was trying to study what the initiative was it would make sense they'd tr they'd be in contact with like one of their experiments right but i mean that's requires a level of thinking riley is not capable of in this episode at all so uh we got comments about xander's shirt yeah uh, i just want to point out this real briefly that xander uh wears a shirt that says i heart dirt 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 that is all that's uh, just gonna point that out i do i liked seeing everybody's pajamas this episode uh Anya was wearing um, a vanilla shirt that was uh, uh, Xander was wearing a couple episodes ago. Oh, good noticing. I thought that was, thought that was cute. Oh. And the yummy sushi pajamas. I was like... Yeah, Buffy wins the, the, the pajama game for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, th those yummy sushi pajamas would be cool now. They're still, like, that's still on point. Uh, I just went... So, can we talk about Forrest immediately being like, yeah, maybe Buffy deserved to die. Like, before they even know Walsh is dead, like, he's just immediately, like, like in the same conversation, he's like, did you finally bang Buffy? Yeah. And then he's like, she, she deserves to be murdered. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Doesn't make you like Forrest at all. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is a little shocking, but you know that's Forrest's allegiances are clear to uh, <laughs> Walsh above all. Riley for Riley is like number two, and it's just like you just saw like the program rewrite like yeah. what his response was supposed to be like. Oh, okay, that's right. If uh, if this then and then you know coming back um, uh, against Buffy. And it's, oh yeah. Like, oh, sorry. Go on. I was just gonna say the the balls poster is like. It's like a flaming stop sign, like on on the on, in the show. Like the balls poster photo bombs all this serious conversation between Forrest and Riley. And the new guy shows up, and he's all serious, but the balls poster is in the background. It's like hiding the balls, and it's just like this thing is destroying this scene, like. Get rid of the balls poster. We already made that joke. It's <laughs> this thing. Like, it just drove me crazy. Like, oh my God, it was so awful. Sorry. No, don't apologize. That's a great point. <laughs> I dare you to go back and rewatch that scene and just like, all I could say was balls. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so up. like Spike set up in the uh, in a mausoleum, which by the way, the initiative just goes into, they're not even looking for him. They just go into the first place they think of and it's apparently Spike's mausoleum. But aside from that, um, Spike, I just want to point out, like has a TV set up. So Mike has a prediction that Spike will get set up with a fridge for his blood. And Spike does not have that. He does have a TV. <laughs> you can see a, uh, like a, like an orange extension cord and you're like, where is that going? And for a minute, I was thinking like maybe it goes to like the KFC down the block and he's like got a guy to plug it in for him. But actually, if you uh, look in the document at the bottom, um, there's a oh, good. frame. Uh, you can see uh, between Forrest's legs there. Uh, he does oh, is that act, a generator? He has a, he has a gas generator. Oh, um, wow. Which he must have, he must know makes a fair amount of noise and he must have turned it off because the TV was bored. He must have turned it off like right before the initiative came. That's funny. Good eyes, John. I didn't. I, I noticed the extension card. I didn't notice the uh, gen the Jenny. <laughs> we already don't like Forrest from the previous scene, I guess. But then he's when he smashes Spike's TV. What a dick! Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also like uh, uh, to modernize like this like random home invasion of any crypt feels very like ice to me. That it's oh, like sure. immediately builds sympathies for all monsters over the initiative, right? Yeah, you really feel bad for Spike in this episode. Yeah. It's like, well, Ice or the SS, you know? Yeah, same diff, right? Are they going into every mausoleum then? Because <laughs> like, they're, like, they're not looking to arrest, they're looking to kill. They're as like, far as I can tell, the mausoleum thing is weird because they're like, we're just going to go out and get demons. And they immediately go to, accidentally go to Spike's mausoleum and you don't see them go anywhere else. Well, you see them part, I mean, it's because that's the scene we see, but you see right. like multiple vans pull up. You figure okay. they're searching like, yeah, they're, uh, they're like, this is the initiative. They're not like focused. They're not actually trying to track the specific demon that killed Walsh, which is technically their mission. They're like, we're out for revenge against all hostiles, right? It's right. like the only good hostile is a dead hostile. Yeah, totally. Good. You're absolutely right. Great call, Dennis, on the. Also, you can tell how amateur hour the initiative is because up until this point, their weapons haven't been fully loaded or like they haven't had like the kill payout. It's like Buffy showing up to stake vamps with like a training, a training, uh, a stake. It's like, oh, it's not pointy. It's like, a, you know, it's like a smooth <laughs> end so that she doesn't hurt her friends as they're fighting. It's like, this is how amateur hour these people are. Yeah, they well, they're going with their like taser blasters, right? And now they're using actual bullets. Okay, uh, so uh, I see the Terra being like, I've been thinking about that last spell all day. I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe, like, the modern, like, large segments of the audience when this airing, when this airing didn't pick up on the subtext, on this fucking text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boy, they just really like magicking. They magic all night long. <laughs> Yep, they are, they are in like, in like, they're, it's happening. Do, can we ask, can I ask a question about that spell? Like, what is the, the spell they're trying to cast together? It's like Google Maps for demons. Okay. Uh, but it doesn't work because Tara decides not to participate, which is interesting at the last minute. Which I feel should prompt a prediction from Mike. I think it should. Mm -hmm. Oh. Because it's like a mystery. It's like the only real mystery here. Yeah, and it's the uh, yeah, it's the only thing we've ever seen Terry like uh, uh, not totally go in with Willow with is yeah. this demon location spell. What's that about? Oh, Terry's a good witch. Willow's a bad witch. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll word that into a prediction later. Uh, Mike, I, I like this little ranking quiz you got. Oh, gosh. Please rank the quality of sleep you would get from the following. An inflatable chair, a beanbag, or the floor. <laughs> I, the fact that Giles is sleeping in an inflatable chair. Is, like that, I know, I, and I think we're probably out of order or whatever, but like, that's crazy. That's like the worst. Yeah. I've, I've slept in an inflatable thing, I think, in my life, probably at a sleepover in high school. So it totally fits. Like, oh, I know what that feeling is like. Like, that is the worst sleep you can get. You are better off on the floor. Uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know why that struck me so much about that scene. <laughs> 
and well, then he, that's, he's, he's their elder. He's, you know, he should be, they should be sacrificing for him. You know, he's like, you know, he's like their, 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 uh, their dad. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I get they're all in hiding and stuff. I feel like Giles very reasonably as an adult could be like, I'm just going to get a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't he do that? I also like, I mean, uh, buy an inflatable mattress at Walmart on the way over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Their whole like hiding, like hiding situation doesn't make any sense where they're like, we can't hide at Willow's, which is Buffy's. Um, (laughs) Or we can hide at Xander's. I think they're talking about Willow's like parents' house, which would also be a no-go because they'd have to explain all the things, but it would have fulfilled Mike's prediction that they would go back to Willow's. Uh, Didn't he make a prediction about that maybe? Did they go back to Willow's house at some point? I don't think so. There's a prediction you know we'll never see Willow's mom again. Uh, uh, okay. You know what? Uh, uh, this like led me down this thought, which I should have brought up last week, I guess. But like, it's like they had to have done research on Buffy for her to get like the security clearance. And I was like, what insane shit would they have like? Have been like, okay, you <laughs> were expelled from one school, expelled from the other school. You've got like three murder investigations on your sheet. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll totally give you security clearance for this government. It's like... <laughs> so uh, while they're at the sleepover, Xander hurries to turn on the television. And it sounds like, so when Adam talks to the kid earlier, it sounds like that kid got killed. Is that true or am I? Yeah, or was this a completely... killed and mutilated, yeah. Yeah, skewered and mutilated. That was really shocking. And like Adam calls it out later. He's like looking inside the kid for information or whatever the fucking thing he's doing. Uh, that was kind of shocking to me that they would kill a kid, but they haven't killed a kid in a while. That's, That's all. That's true. Even yeah. the like possibility of a kid dying, you know, led to the crazy, you know. I knew he was going to bring up that freaking Buffy episode. He loves that episode from season three. With the gingerbread children. Doesn't everybody love that episode? Not as much as you, I don't think. You like really love that episode. Like I feel like you need to put that down as like your favorite episode of Buffy, to be honest. It it makes sense to bring it up a lot on a first watch because like first of all, Amy's still a rat because of that episode, and we see Amy all the time now (laughs) as a rat. So it makes sense it would come up. I was more I always I, I think of the anointed one. Not that I like the anointed one, but like that's the kid who died. Uh, they kind of they had the similar like 90s kid hair right yeah and spike killed him and we're like we're like like spike now all oh, right yeah <laughs> well we liked him that he killed the anointed one that one time <laughs> that was pretty great also i thought a better dialogue for that kid than what he says because like adam's like how do you work and the kid shouldn't shouldn't have said i don't know i just do that doesn't make any sense the kid should have said I, I don't work. I go to school. And then Adam should have like turned his head and go school and then killed him. I feel like this, I don't know. I just do. It seems like a weird thing to say. Because if you're a kid, you're like, I don't go to work. I go to school. Yeah, that's like, like an adult response. writing dialogue for a kid. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> 20th Century Fox, call me if you get this message in the past. <laughs> I got some edits for you. Some hot takes and edits. Punch-ups. Uh, so this episode uh, brings us back to Willie's, which we haven't seen since uh, season three, uh, and it's now called Willie's Place. Um, and I'm always happy when we see it. Uh, Mike, you got to comment about about that. Oh yeah, is that Lou Reed playing when they get into Willie's Place? It's like yeah, a Lou it is. Reed. Oh, it's actually uh, Lou Reed. Not... It is Lou Reed. It's uh, it's it's Romeo had Juliet from the album um, New York. Oh nice. No, I I heard like a Lou Reedy voice, and I was like, is that really? But I'm not as familiar with his stuff to like you know just pull it out. I'm like, um, yeah, it's cool to get Lou Reed for Buffy walking the wild side. Um, so I just say, fuck Riley. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in general, someone, or, someone needs to say it, right? I mean, a bunch of times this episode, that's what I thought. That's what I wrote down was fuck Riley. Uh, but like his being like torn and like, oh, like uh, uh, his big reactions when he gets to Willie's. Like, I, first of all, his big emotional moment always reminds me of Pee-wee and Pee-wee's Big Adventure, where he's like, the mind plays tricks, you play tricks back. <laughs> Riley, uh, please, we have been here for over three hours. 
It's a big cable knit sweater that somebody keeps knitting and knitting and knitting. What is this all supposed to mean? You have something to add? Amazing Larry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We can't just do a podcast where Dennis and I reenact that entire film. I'm enjoying it. No, continue. <laughs> But just, I mean, like, I don't know, his turn, he would, his turn about, like, uh, uh, pointing the gun at the, like, woman and, like, having this freak out at Willie's, like, would mean something more if we, like, gave a shit about him at all. Yeah. But, like, I just can't take him seriously. So it's just, like, he's just being, like, his whole emotional arc he's going through this episode, to me, just reads as, like, you're a fucking asshole. I mean, that's the whole thing with this episode, right? Like, the, like, uh, like, all the Adam stuff would be more interesting if Adam was any good. All the initiative yeah. stuff would be more interesting if the initiative was any good. And all the Riley also, stuff like, would be awesome if the Riley, if Riley was any good, but we just don't care. Like, Adam's main connection at the end of this episode is with Riley, and he's like, we're brothers. And it's like, so this is this big villain whose big connection is with Buffy's boyfriend, who I don't give a shit about. Like. <laughs> well, it's just like, Riley's so wrong. And like, I don't believe Riley's character's actions like they're so off and so it's i can't empathize with him because his right it's like oh he's crazy because of drugs is kind of how they explain his behavior and without like a strong justification for it so it's like riley's going to be crazy now because of uh, drug withdrawal and like that's annoying that's not a real character that doesn't explain motivations well it's unearned yeah. because there's there was a little bit of foreshadowing around it but they didn't really yeah, up. right. One comment yeah, Let's let's talk about the meds for a second. John, you got your next comment. Yeah, I just think it's funny because we we learned in this one that the the meds that the uh, initiative commandos have been on uh, were given to them through their food. So that previous scene where Riley was like talking about his vitamins that he has to take like at a certain time when the beeper goes up, apparently those are just vitamins because the meds are in the food. So <laughs> or maybe he's getting a double think, dose. Of them. I think he's getting extra stuff. But okay. I think, also, like, that to me then doesn't make sense. Like why Maggie Walsh dying means right. they're not getting their meds anymore. Because I mean, I get that the, she's in charge of that med program, but surely she's not the one directly putting the meds in their food. Unless, unless this is a situation where the commando boys are literally dogs and she's wrapping meds in peanut butter and handing it right to them. <laughs> Nobody mashes up the pills in the applesauce like she does, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's really their mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's all these cut scenes where, like, she's preparing a giant, you know, kettle of chicken soup. <laughs> it's just, like, they're all sitting down, like, the Swiss Family Robinson to a meal or something. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I think they could have done really well with the with like, I think the, this this all could have gone down really cool. But to to make this with this drug withdrawal and betrayal like relevant, it, you had to have made it. You had to make six different previous episodes. Yeah, you, you could have done it. I'm sorry, you had to start six episodes ago and make things like really interesting. So but I blew it. Yeah, but on the other hand, I wouldn't have sat through six episodes of like, let's get into the initiative and like let's. <laughs> Like live at this frat house with these like initiative boys. It would be much better if Matt, if 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 uh, what is her name Maggie? Wait, no, yeah, Maggie Walsh. If, if if Maggie if Walsh was still alive, it'd be better. If like we if like you know, because then Riley would really have been going out of his mind, and she would have been lying to him to his face, which is always like really disconcerting when we watch that. And that would be that'd be great to see her lying straight to his face and him buying it, and then he's going through withdrawals and he doesn't understand it. Yeah, I don't know. They could have done a lot better, but yeah, it does sound like um, from what I've seen online since we recorded our last episode, which hasn't aired, it does seem like the actress who plays Maggie Walsh was supposed to be on for the full season, but wanted out of her contract, and oh. so they quickly killed her from based on her request. So it does feel like that's part of why this like suddenly is this other thing, and like it's a it does seem like situation. This, this yeah, this arc. Like, yeah, like, Travis, you keep noticing, like, wouldn't it make more sense if Maggie was alive and we knew yeah. there was, like, some dramatic tension here? Uh, oh, so. man, that sucks. She wanted, she wanted out of her contract. Well, I guess we'll probably never know the full story, but uh, it makes sense why the end of the last half of the season sucks. Well, it's kind of like, it just ends up being the emotional equivalent of a PSA, right? Like, there's just no, it's just an anti-drug <laughs> message. Did they get funding for this one from the U.S. government? Just, like, throw in a don't take drugs generally 
you know. But also, yeah, don't drink drugs that the U.S. military gives you. It's like, it's like, it's like bad publicity for the U.S. government. I think they would have been like, we're definitely not giving any money now. <laughs> yeah, this is revenge because the U.S. government won't give, give them money. Uh, so I love um, when Spike gets into Willie's place. Uh, like, it bums me out that's only like two tiny little scenes. That could have been the whole episode to me. Yeah. I would have followed that much more enjoyably. Uh, I, I enjoy that too. And I love when Spike gets beat down by another demon. Because like, I can't believe that th- th- this scene makes sense. Spike getting yeah. beat down and there being consequences for him killing other demons as a demon. And like a demon being like, hey, that's not what we do. You know, like there's like a secret code and you're breaking it. And like that just feels amazing uh, and right um, in an episode where nothing feels right and everything is confusing. Uh, that's like, I don't know, that arc is wonderful. Yeah. That's totally such a better well earned. arc. Like that's a well-earned arc. Yeah. So much better than the A arc. Come on. Oh my gosh. And those like biker demons in the background look awesome. Like... Yeah, you kind of, you really get the, like, sense there's, like, I don't know, a real society there of monsters, right? That would have been such a more interesting story to follow of, like, Spike betraying, like, demons in general, and then having to, like, like, I imagine, like, Spike getting invited to a demon function, like a party or some kind of gathering, and he goes and people are like, hey, you're not invited, you're shunned from here, and he's like, oh, come on, mate, or whatever, and, like, goes to the party anyway, and yeah. then the party turns on him, and then... Buffy having to save him and him killing all these demons or something like that would be a really fun scene uh but instead anyway it's just like your mind's like oh shit that's that's a great idea it also just occurred to me like this is the first episode uh we find out for sure Willie's a human like Buffy like (laughs) you know which really says something about Willie's place right that like these demons hang out here and don't eat him like they bully him (laughs) obviously he's bullied but like Mostly he's bullied by the Slayer. Yeah, they're such terrible interrogators. Again, they prove it. Like, yeah. they rule with violence. Like, I, this disappoints me about the Slayers the most is, like, how they treat Willie. Like, everybody can abuse Willie. Like, even Xander can abuse Willie. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the demons have the most, like, the demons don't, right? They live in harmony with this guy because he's their barkeep. No, the Slayers just operate. If they have any moral high ground over someone, they're like, we can fuck with that person. They're they're nothing. But let's go. Let's go burn our like our this week's allotment allotments of moral authority at Willie's. <laughs> like Buffy, all right. Remember, you can punch him like two or three times, but if you go beyond that, we don't have the moral authority for this week's episode. Right, and like and like that's so fucked up, but it's cool. But then when Riley pulls a gun on someone, it's not like <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> Oh, what? We just beat up the bartender and you're going to pull a gun? <laughs> Thinking it too far, Riley. I'm like some random person, too. Like someone who's leaving. So <laughs> this amount of violence was too much for me and I'm a demon at a demon bar, so I got to go. And it's like, you know. Yeah, that's when the Riley character completely breaks. And I know it's like, fuck Riley, but when he, that's like the moment when he pulls a gun on this yeah. random woman leaving a bar who might be a like a human might be a vampire it's like that's when you're like oh okay riley's i i've just clicked off this character this one is you know they're gonna the show's gonna kill him off they've decided he's morally reprehensible and unredeemable i mean i think it's when he shoves willow that's the real oh, like, yeah. That is yeah. The you hurt willow you son of a bitch <laughs> and, <laughs> you don't go back to that. Like, yeah, just, no, no character comes back from hurting willow you're fucking dead to us, Riley. <laughs> oh, right. You can abuse Buffy. That's fine. But Willow. Don't touch Willow. I feel like you're joking, but... <laughs> I'm not joking. I mean, Angel, clearly, Giles, Xander. <laughs> Everybody fucks with Buffy, but don't mess with Willow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... Um, Right, I mean, Adam's big dramatic like reveal and everything. The only thing that really like stands out in this thing is his insane floppy disk things. So let's fucking talk about these floppy disks. So I have to stop you there because uh, <laughs> turns out if you look at the image, uh, second image after Xander, uh, they're not floppy disks. Those what? are those are mini disks. Holy shit. Uh, they're, they're, they're like they're like disk technology, like you know yeah. they're 
They're, they're cartridge style disc. Uh, if you, I don't have the screenshot for this, but <laughs> if, you, if you if you get the close up where he puts it in, it's definitely what it is. Is it's they're too small to make to make the yeah to make the the, the prop? What they definitely did is they made a mold of a floppy disk drive and then cut a smaller mini disk size hole in the like foam rubber or whatever. Uh, it's pretty cool. Except for the fact that it keeps inserting discs without ejecting the previous disc first. I mean, it's got like a changer in there, like a, like a CD changer. I don't believe they made those for those cartridges. <laughs> I could be wrong, but everything I've ever I seen. Think his, I think his chest is just full of discs now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, why even carry them? Also, he's carrying like loose, I mean, <laughs> carrying loose cartridges around. In his days. cargo shorts, and then he just like sticks in them his, in. <laughs> in his shorts. I mean... <laughs> It's like insanely, it's like he could fight and lose it or get it cracked. It's like incredibly important information about his origin. And he's treating it like, you know, extra napkins from KFC. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> All these extra napkins, dude. Have a napkin, man. You got to blow your nose. It's like, no, oh, this is like your origin story. Precious. Oh, it's awful. Just if Riley that. had any empathy at all, too, like this would be an interesting story turn. But Riley such just completely rejects the idea yeah. that this would be his brother and they share a mom. And it's like it's like kind of an interesting story concept that gets dropped, and then Riley's like, "Nah." Uh-uh. <laughs> I do. I really do like when Riley's like, like when when Adam's like, "She was my mother," and his immediate intense reaction of like, "She's not your mom." <laughs> like even Sandy's like. Dude, that is not the point here. <laughs> oh yeah, the Xander sides are amazing. I would, I would love for like, uh, for like the way to get to Adam is to like, to like label like to do a, like an old switcheroo with his floppy disk. With it, would be amazing. Like give him like a virus. <laughs> just like when he, you know, it's like, like mom's lullabies, and they, like they switch it over with one that would just, you know, give him a virus. Oh yeah, they're like one episode away from hacking. <sighs> Adam for sure right yeah I like I was like that these I don't know I guess I was thinking of them as floppy disks so so this doesn't work as much with I don't know what the storage capacity on mini disks are that's a good question like like just that he's gaining so much information and it's like this has got to contain like one word document right (laughs) I think if it if it's it reminds me of the the hundred megabyte it reminds me of the hundred megabyte (laughs) io io drives there used to be like you know drives from around that era that were hundred megabyte per disk and then 500, and then so I bet it's somewhere between 50 and 100 megabytes, which is a lot. Uh, when he does a disc cap on it that isn't already like he didn't already state out loud. <laughs> <laughs> like, what could possibly be there? Uh, mini disc data could hold 140 megabytes per disc. Okay. <laughs> I like Besides, like data. Leslie Welsh is my mom. Like Leslie, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. They always sorry. just call him Adam. They should call him Maggie's monster. Because uh, it'd be like Frankenstein's monster, but it's an alliteration. They should call him Madam. Like yeah, Maddie's Adam. <laughs> Madam, I'm Adam. Uh, I like when uh, Riley is so unsure of himself when he's defending himself. And he's like, I'm not programmed. I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> and like Buffy even gives him a look of like, wait, are you a man? Or are you like... Everybody's so unsure of, of Riley. That, I like that, that your your go to voice for uh, for Riley is like it's kind of like Don Knotts or something. <laughs> Even me. <laughs> That's how I read Riley. He's Pee Wee. <laughs> I'm a man. Uh, let's move on to uh, questions for the group. Questions for the group. Uh, just riffing on the bad sleep um, situation. And then when, uh, you know, Buffy and Riley are together, she's like trying to get him to relax. And she does something that like, for me is a trigger. <laughs> but what's your reaction when someone tells you that you need to get sleep and be comfortable? <laughs> uh, you know, what? I've had a really bad uh, allergy week all last week. So like multiple times people were like, Dennis, are you getting enough sleep or like, like you look tired based on my eyes because they were all puffy and i'm always like leave me alone stop looking at my eyes (laughs) how dare you look at me (laughs) right so defensive that's an appropriate reaction yeah anyway we don't explore it too much more it's just like uh, buffy's tactics for calming 
someone or like you literally can't say calm down that is the worst thing you can say to someone you want to relax that's like <laughs> it's so condescending i was thinking though when um when riley's in the bed and she's like comforting him and stuff i'm like this has got to be like a trigger for buffy of like oh good i got another boyfriend i'm like taking care of through like <laughs> like oh yeah like oh great like this is just like when i take care of angel when he's either back from hell or he's dying from poison or something like next thing um, you know he's gonna need your blood <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what a what a thing to happen again <laughs> i mean he might need it to get clean so all right so another question i guess this could have fallen under weird noticing but it's a question like why would walsh create adam why it's a, it's a military super weapon obviously I think this needs to go into prediction. Like you need to think about why and put yeah. it in. I need to. Uh, all right. <laughs> Don't trigger him, Dennis. Uh, yeah, I don't have an answer for you because I feel like that would reveal things. Okay. Uh, I ask, what do you think is under that lady's hat? The lady that Riley puts the gun on. She has like a very conspicuous hat. I think that's her demon. Like, there's gonna be like Barnes. a demon mouth or something, or like a quato, like a little head and arm. Yeah. <laughs> wow, a quato. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, and then I also asked, do you think Adam's body digests floppy disks? Uh, which I now mean many disks. <laughs> yes, well, I, think, yeah, I, think he, I think he poops out USB drives on the other end. <laughs> That's that's time breaking. <laughs> He's advanced technology. This is where new technology comes from, from old technology digesting it. <laughs> How does Adam get energy? Does he have to like plug in somewhere? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> He's gonna jack in. <laughs> <laughs> jack in. Oh yeah, what would happen if uh if if Moloch like uh was inside the computer inside Adam? That would be an interesting callback, at least. Like that would be at least be like interesting. You'd be like, I mean, I'm being corrupted by the corruptor. He could download a demon. It seems like if Spike or someone were operating in this world, like some master vampire, they could be like figuring out how to get Adam on their side, and like by downloading or uploading a demon into him, <laughs> yeah. which would be amazing, dumb technology. <laughs> I wonder if uh, I wonder if Moloch is like archived on the Wayback Machine. <laughs> John, don't download it. <laughs> you got to know the very specific GeoCities slot. <laughs> yeah, only use that church computer. Don't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, uh, recommendations and then predictions. So. Um, my recommendations this week are Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Uh, the And I've never actually recommended this on the show for some reason, but uh, the classic uh, Boris Karloff, James Whale, Frankenstein. Um, uh, office Space, because I was trying to think of something with floppy disks, and that has a <laughs> dramatic, like, uh, gangster rap floppy disk scene. Uh, and I'm also, I've been saving for, I've been wondering when to recommend this, but the, the Watcher series based on the Dean Koontz novel. Uh, so it's like, there's four Watcher movies, um, but they all take place. Like they're all basically remakes of themselves, but it's like, uh, this thing of like the government created this monster that sometimes looks like a baboon and sometimes looks like the predator, depending on the episode. But the thing that's consistent with the series is that it's like psychically linked to this super intelligent golden retriever that befriends like either a kid or like a human or like another adult and the dog reveals it's intelligent in everyone by like typing out on a computer by holding like a pencil in his mouth and it's really funny uh the first one has like Corey Haim in it and the fourth one has Mark Hamill and like number three is a predator ripoff they're this bonkers series but they remind me of the initiative um <laughs> yeah. I mean Dean Koontz is you know I mean I think everybody knows about Dean Koontz he's the, t the poor man of Stephen King. Um, uh, but these, the series is really funny. I binged it with uh, my friend uh, uh, Ian Richardson, uh, who someday should come on this podcast because he's a big horror guy. Uh, 
but he introduced me to the Watcher series. Uh, so those are my wrecks. Uh, and now I'm excited about predictions. Uh, we didn't do predictions last week because John was in transit. Virgin predictions. Okay, predictions. So this is actually this is going to be a mega load of predictions because we have a lot to do, and there's some that really probably we should have done last episode, but I wasn't there. So let's talk about some predictions. Mike, you are currently at a 64% with your predictions. You've actually been on a little bit of a rise lately, I think. You've been sort of doing better. So let's see. We have way, way back in the day, season one, episode 11. Mike, you predicted that Buffy will be involved with the U.S. government at some point. Now, I think she's no longer involved, but she was definitely involved last episode. So we're yeah. going to go ahead and confirm that for you. Thank you. I uh, So <laughs> the very, like, the second you predicted that, I pictured last week's episode. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, like, I think for, like, a few weeks, John has been like, maybe this counts. And I'm like, no, not yet. Like, yeah, no, you were the, right, Dennis. That was, that, that was the moment. That was the moment. Uh, another slam dunk. Mike predicted in season two, episode 11, we will see cyborgs. Yeah. I, yeah. Another, another confirmation. Okay. Uh, this is one that is really not terribly specific to this episode, but I think we might as well take care of it now. In season three, episode five, Mike predicted that Scott, if you guys remember, uh, Scott Hope, uh, Scott will be Buffy's longest relationship with a human. Um, Scott was uh, involved with Buffy for about two episodes, maybe three. Uh, I did look it up. I think it might be, uh, oh, I've got it right here. Scott was actually, actually appeared in only three episodes. Uh, I believe that Riley is now a longer relationship than Scott. Yeah, I think they only actually dated for like an episode and a half. Yeah. So that is denied. While we're talking about Scott really quickly, Michael predicted that Scott will not go to college with Buffy. I think we can say that's probably true at this point. We might as well go ahead and give that to you now. <laughs> Scott did not go to uh, SD. Are we, are we done with college now that there's uh, most of the students are involved in a military organization? <laughs> <laughs> I like, I want to point out there's uh, you have an open one from a while ago that says the Halloween episode uh, will be called back specifically that Willow was a ghost. And I feel like that must be a very frustrating prediction for you because they constantly mention uh, Xander being ex-military because of the episode, like they mention it like three times this episode yep. alone. Like, and they've never brought up Willow being a ghost. Okay. So moving on to predictions that were made during this season, uh, you predicted that Professor, Professor Walsh is going to get killed this season. That definitely happened. So that's a confirmation. You predicted that Riley is going to take over the initiative. Now, this one might be a bit of a discussion because there's a moment where the uh, scientist guy is like, you have to wait for the people in Washington. And Riley's like, okay, until they arrive, I'm in charge. So does Riley take over the initiative in that moment? I know um, it's not quite what Mike had in mind, but technically. I think, he, I mean, he's commanding his troops, but that's not the full initiative. The okay. initiative is the entire organization. I was actually thinking hard about this because, um, because I'm like, wait a second, Riley's number two because Walsh was a PhD. She was, you know, she, she, I mean, they call him commander Riley. Yeah. Initially. So like, I mean, Walsh, was she a general? Was she a lieutenant? Like, uh, but they also call him agent. It's as if, he, you know, he, these writers don't know shit about the military. He, he technically is in charge of the initiative um, military aspect, but not the scientific aspect. He is technically in charge of more than I would have expected. I'll admit. Yeah. He's yeah. in charge of the military ops rather than the, the tech ops. I, I'm going to go ahead and say we need more information. Well, we can come back to that maybe at the end of the season and talk about it. Uh, okay. Season four, episode seven, again, uh, Mike predicted that Professor Walsh is not going to lecture about monsters during her class. Well, she's dead now. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and say that doesn't happen. That is All right. I mean, that was mostly about the dichotomy of, like, well, her, her two different lives. But yes. Yeah. Her, I was frustrated when you said that, that you specified in class because I like, <laughs> talked about monsters. Oh, yeah. She does give a monster lecture. 
Yeah. But, to but, but you, you were very specific. <laughs> I think you even were like, it doesn't count if it's inside the initiative. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, season four, episode 11. Mike predicts that Professor Walsh will be the main focus on a season four episode. So I think if there was one where she was the main focus, it would have been last episode. Do you guys think that counts? Uh, yeah. I mean, because we're getting like her alone. Yeah. There's a lot of like her watching. <laughs> yeah. By herself. Uh, while Walsh and Giles, Wiles, that's their couple name. Walsh and Giles will kiss this season. That did not happen because she, she's dead. That's oh, I think you, you skipped one that uh, Giles' house will not need to be repaired. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That door right. is fixed. <laughs> door, you're right. So that's, con that's confirmed. You're right. Good call. <laughs> episode 12, Mike predicted that Giles' house will not need to be repaired after Monster Giles tore it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that one paid off. But I'm, uh, they're never going to kiss. They were probably supposed to. I bet if we can listen to some director's commentary or writer's commentary before she left the show now, since that's an exciting revelation but right uh mike predicted that spike will buy a fridge for his blood but it's unclear <laughs> how he will get power uh i mean you know it's clear now how he's getting power but we don't know yet if he's gonna have a fridge for his blood we're gonna leave that open uh mike predicted oz was the creature in room 314 <laughs> which i feel bad about because i feel like we led him to that in some way which i didn't mean to um but that's denied uh i think that's all of the predictions to deal with uh it was a lot um, so that, let's see, you were at 64, you are now at a 64.375. So big difference in your score there, Mike. <laughs> so different. It would have been amazing if Oz was in that room. <laughs> I, I obviously like that better than, than Adam, since nobody really cares for Adam. No one does. Even his brother turns, <laughs> turns against him. Okay, new predictions, Mike. Adam survives this past episode. So he's going to be, we know he's going to be around a little bit longer. I think Adam will get hacked. It's dumb, but that disc setup, the disc drive <laughs> slot is a weird one. Um, I predict Riley is going to die saving Buffy. I don't want to say what episode because I don't know which episode it's going to happen in, but Riley will die saving Buffy. I'm sure if I looked at the episode list, there's one called like sacrifice or something like that. Um, Tara will be revealed as a good witch at some point some, she's going to be called out as a good witch I mean revealed sounds like is dramatic so maybe that's the wrong phrasing uh, Tara will Tara is a she, Tara, she is a good witch yeah but someone's going to call it out specifically that she's the good witch and that identified? Willow is that the verb you're looking for yeah will be identified as a good witch Willow will be identified as a bad witch like an evil witch and Willow will try to get Tara to perform evil magic. And that's when that division will happen. But I don't want to say the whole thing. I just say Willow will try to get Tara to perform evil magic. So we kind of saw that happen a little bit. But I think you guys leaned in a little bit into the roles and how that's going to play out. And so you're, trying to, you're reading off our... Your eyes, yes. Yeah. The emotions right. in the room. Um, you have predictions from last week also that we should... Uh get into the dock right yeah i had a prediction that walsh's body will be incorporated into a monster <laughs> all right let's move on to uh themes and deep stuff uh <laughs> so i say um what is up with riley's very strong reaction to adam calling walsh mother uh i was at an art auction last night and i was talking to somebody about buffy because what else am i going to talk about in my life except buffy and I was trying to describe this episode and they were like, she was like, is this like an, is this very edible? Uh, I was like, maybe, maybe it's edible. I don't know. Uh, mm, I thought you said edible. Is, is it? An, she's like, are you on an edible right now? And I was like, that's a good question for the group. I mean, it's not in the strictest sense of like, it's killing your mom. I don't know. But it's it's some weird shit going on with these brothers. Yeah, I think we can we can go ahead and say it's mommy issues. For sure, mommy issues. Yeah. Can can we just do the basics of it? It's because just to state it out loud, right? So like, Walsh creates Adam with assistance of some kind from the monsters that Riley gathers, right? Yeah, and from like presumably the corpse of another soldier that we've never met. 
Right. So they say it's there's human parts in them overtly. Are there specific identifiable monsters? Well, the Pogari like that... demon is the only thing we know. Okay, so it's like kind of a random assortment of parts. It doesn't feel like parts have been chosen to reflect certain skills or talents or anything like that. It does feel kind of random. Yeah. But it's a more human face for sure versus a demon face. Walsh controls Riley through drugs. And then also, but she has dual role, also both the professor, mm -hmm. you know, where he's a TA, her assistant. And then also another role where he's a soldier and her assistant but I, it doesn't seem like he's that I, it's hard to see his rank and i think we've rented that prediction it's hard to see where he is is to her in it but it's definitely like she's in a maternal role a guiding role for him both in his soldier life and in his educational life his academic life well, he, he calls her mom at, at one point yeah why does he call her mom is it under duress or just no no it's like when their beepers go off he's like mother wants us yeah <laughs> last episode and it, it makes more sense why in the Thanksgiving episode, he's like, well, Walsh uh, says, and Forrest and Graham start calling him a mama's boy. And you're a little right. like, wait, why would the military be like? Because <laughs> like, I don't see any other military characters involved in the professorial, the academic relationship, right? It's almost like when we go to the initiative, there's a fresh set of characters with the exception of Riley. I've predicted before because I noticed one of the like doctors had like, like a, frat bracelet kind of thing i was like i think this whole like institute is run by people with like within the college uh but that's just my like weird noticing right i'm not trying to make this just weird noticings i'm trying to dig into the oedipal thing like yeah, what sorry. relationship is i mean it's definitely like there's this academic maternal thing like he's receiving all his instruction from her we've never met riley's real parents i mean there's definitely like there's a lot of foster parenting in Buffy generally because Buffy has a foster dad as Giles, you know, which is called it explicitly in this season. Uh, Walsh is clearly the like a, a, a maternal foster mom to Riley. And then she literally created, not, you know, through reproduction, but like through science created Adam. I think it's just, it feels a little broken, right? It's not super on the nose. It's like super there's a lot of ambiguity to it and maybe because it's creepy to dig, dig into that kind of relationship. But like Walsh doesn't call Riley's son, her son, right? That's something like Adam kind of reveals or does she? Not, not out loud. Apparently. Yeah. And her diaries on her mini disc that go into your pecs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how she, I mean, she obviously has complicated feelings about Riley because she watches him have sex and then gets jealous of the character. Uh. Right. So she wants, she wants sex from Riley, right? Cause that's where this would go. Right. I think so. It's implied. Not that strongly. And she wants to kill his lover mm -hmm. so that she can have more control over him. Right. Cause Buffy's a distraction and she's very quick to do it. And it's not like the military reasons like lost even though everyone kind of follows suit. Like, yeah, yeah. She's too curious, but it's clearly, you know, in this interpretation, it's more about her relationship with Riley that she would want to kill her for. Right. Yeah. Well, and even, I think last episode, she's even like, this will bring Riley more in line. Right. It's like, right. Uh, I mean, the edible thing is kind of weird too. Cause it's always like, does that, does the edible story make sense to you? Is that like, you know, it's, I know Freud loves it, but it's like, is that a basic human story? Is the Oedipal story? I mean, it's in Bill and Ted. So. <laughs> and Back to the Future. It's in both those films. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think this is totally an Oedipal story. It totally is. It's like a little bit gray in places, but like, it's it's absolutely, there's a reading there. Yeah, and, and it's also the thing of like, there's no father. So it's not like I kill my father to have sex with my mom. It's like, my mom was so my, my girlfriend to have sex with me. <laughs> but it's just so much control, you know, over yeah. I mean, Riley's like the most controlled figure in his life, you know. No wonder he's so crazy trying to like just approach Buffy in retrospect now just to be like, hi, uh, hey, uh, this is what normal people say because I don't know because my mom didn't tell me what to do in this situation. <laughs> so he's peculiar. So, he's so underdeveloped sexually, you know. Like he's um, he's so sexually immature because he gets all the love he needs from his mom. He 
he's such an interesting now he seems like an interesting character you tricked me dennis <laughs> he's not <laughs> he's not I'm, sorry. I'm like the biggest puppy apologist yeah. but he's not well i mean that's the thing is i think there are aspects of riley that could be developed to be interesting but right. it's like it just doesn't it falls flat so it's like you have to go through all this like interpretation of minutia to find like to pull out an interesting story from him right i mean it almost seems it feels like this whole oedipal thing was like uh was like you know written like the night before they shot the scene <laughs> they're like well this like this this actress is leaving the show we've gotten a letter from her you know her her agency that she wants out and so we're gonna have to do this and we're gonna wing it for a while until it makes sense I get it though. That's a weird thing to lean into on a like a children like a teenager show. I mean, just a show period to lean into an Oedipal interpretation. I think anybody would like kind of back off. Like it's one place where the Greeks kind of overdid it. Like (laughs) read Oedipus as a kid, you're like, oh, what the you know? Like you that you can never stop making fun or like dealing with that story because like nobody nobody's tried to do it. Not even in Game of Thrones. Maybe in Game of Thrones they get to those kinds of stories, but like that's a Dark, yeah. yeah, that brings up another question of like, why did we all read Oedipus Rex in high school? Like, why is that? <laughs> because we needed to understand that Doors song, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Jim Morrison's fault. You know, all of our teachers grew up loving the Doors, and they thought they would cruelly control the curriculum so we'd understand it. You leave Morrison out of this. <laughs> um, uh, uh, John, you gotta. Why don't we move on to yours? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, yeah, it's a bit of a reach, but I, I do think there's something kind of interesting going on with Riley. That what's happening is like he's reassessing his moral universe. So he he used to live in a pretty black and white world where he knew like who the good guys were and he knew what his job was, but that is being pulled away from him. Where he has to suddenly reassess and like, oh, maybe his maybe Professor Walsh is bad. Maybe the whole initiative is bad. Maybe America is bad. Like he doesn't even know where it stops. And he says a couple things to that effect, but I think it's interesting that, and I think that happens to a lot of people around that age, that whether whatever it is that your religion or your country or something that you took for granted, you realize is morally questionable. And the way that Riley reacts to it, uh, partly because of the drug thing, but like I think it's also the way a lot of people react to it is they just get aggressive and start throwing blame every which direction. Like it's not like he doubles down on like the way Forrest does and like doubles down on like I'm gonna be the initiative guy and fuck Buffy she's she should die or you know doubles down on Buffy and says screw the initiative he doesn't say he blames everybody whenever he whoever's in front of his face he's angry at yeah and I feel like that like that's a real thing that happens to people when they're not sure morally like when they don't know what's right they just get angry that um, reminds me of the plot to Rambo the first Rambo even yeah like, uh, that seems to be where Riley could fit in but yeah it's the moral reassessment. Uh, stop it! You're making Riley interesting. I mean, again, these are these are ideas that <laughs> but, would be interesting. Yeah. If Riley was interesting. <laughs> I mean, that's the pro- like. I almost was like, we shouldn't even do a themes of deep up deep for this episode because it's a Riley episode. <laughs> but it's like, this is like. I mean, that's what you gotta do if you're like this. Riley is the center of this episode, and so we gotta like pull out from the ether and figure this stuff out. Yeah, it's definitely like his moral crisis for him in so many ways. Like everything breaks down for Riley in this episode. Like his relationship with the initiative breaks down because he loves Buffy and thinks that killing her would be bad. His literally his relationship with Walsh is completely destroyed because she's dead and he doesn't have someone to turn to to get advice or information about how to deal with any of this. Um, the relationship with Buffy, yeah, falls apart also because of you know him rejecting Willow. There's a relationship with Scooby Gang. Gosh. His, so it's like his work relationship, his professional relationship, because those are all tied up in Walsh. Like he loses that. He has no center, no place to exist. Doesn't he have a place to be, really? Yeah. And it's interesting because if Riley was the character from the beginning of the series that we met, who was an actual like psych, uh, TA of what, psychology, right? Yeah, psychology. Like that would be a character who's maybe more mentally prepared to deal with this, but since he's actually just the military guy who is unprepared to ask questions, like <laughs> he's so unprepared for it. Like can't. Uh, yeah, it's like this weird like the re- like. Usually, when we learn more about a character, they become more complex. When we learn more about Riley, he became simpler. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, that's not wrong. Um, yeah, so I just say that I think uh, uh, this season has been doing a lot more of these two-parter slash cliffhangers, um, and it's moving more from the single, the like single episode storytelling to this longer form, and it's part of why I think the show peaks at season three. Like, like you know, it is like Goodbye Iowa and the I and Team are hard to tell apart from each other when you think back at them. Like the, those episodes blur together. There's not a and it happens a lot this season where like everything starts to blur in ways that the show hadn't before. Um, yeah. So I just find that to be a bit of a bummer. Yeah. I miss monster of the week too. Uh, all right. Uh, does anyone else have anything to add? Then that's the episode. Uh, I've been your host, Dennis St. John. You can find me online at Dennis comics, D E N I S C O M I X. That's my Twitter. And that's my website. Uh, my Instagram is Dennis St. Comics. Um, you can find Buffy Virgin, uh, at Buffy Virgin pod on Twitter, Buffy Virgin, our YouTube, our YouTube is Buffy Virgin. Um, and we, that's our website. Uh, so please like subscribe, watch us, give us reactions. We'll read them. Uh, yeah. Let us know what you think about this episode and any episode. We'll catch uh, up. Yeah, let us know if you like this episode and why.